Hatta until Ida when Atau they came. So this means that the armies when they were gathered from all the different places in one place, Hushira, they were made to march. And as they were marching, it seems as though they were going to a particular destination. As they were marching, Ida Atau when they came, Allah upon Wadin Namli, Valley of Ants. Alright? They were marching and they happened to march close to nearby what? The valley of ants. Wadi. Now over here, valley of ants doesn't mean a naml is the name of a nation. Okay, because this is what some people said. That, you know, ants, how is it possible that they talk to each other? So you know what? Let's change the Qur'an because science cannot prove that ants talk to each other. Well, science proves now that ants communicate with each other. Right? So some people, they said, a naml refers to the tribe of the people of Namal. Alright? And see, Wadi, it was a valley, they used to live in that valley. But in Arabic, I mean in history, there's no Namlite community. Okay? Namal, it means ant in Arabic. Alright? So, a valley of ants, what does it mean? Meaning a place where there was an ant colony. And some ant colonies can be massive. Isn't it possible? They can be huge, really big. Qalat, it said, Namlatun anamla. An ant, when it saw the army approaching, it raised the signal, the warning. What was the warning that it gave to the rest of the ants? Ya ayyuhan naml. O ants, udukhulu, enter, masakinakum, your homes. Masakin, plural of maskan. Get into your houses. Why? Because la not yahtimannakum. He crush you. Who would crush you? Sulaiman wa junuduhu, Sulaiman alayhi salam and his armies. Wahum la yashurun while they would not perceive. Get into your houses because it's quite possible that Sulaiman alayhi salam and his armies would not see you on the ground and they would crush you all. So, safety. Yahtimanna. Hmm? From the root letters, ha ta meem. Hatama. Hatama is to crush and smash something. And this is what happens to poor ants, right? When people don't even see them beneath their feet, we just keep walking and then when we look back, when we look closely to the ground, we see an ant or two that we have squished under our feet. Hmm? So this is hatama. Now, what do we see over here? First of all, we see that an ant is warning the rest of the ants. It doesn't say, oh, I should go and hide somewhere, let the others die. No, if she sees danger approaching, she warns everybody. We see this well-wishing. And this is something beautiful we see in many of the creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, especially those that live together, that how they, if there is a danger, they warn one another. Secondly, we see over here that even an ant has a good supposition of who? Sulaiman alayhi salam and his armies. The ant doesn't say, oh, they're going to crush you deliberately. What does the ant say? وَهُمْ لَا they won't even realize that they're crushing you. That they're walking over you. They won't even realize. So the ant knows that Sulaiman wouldn't do this deliberately. It would happen by accident. So we have to do something to protect ourselves. Now this is something that we need to do also. Have husnul dhan. You know, think good about others. That if someone hurt you, if someone you know, broke something of yours, Give the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they didn't even realize. Maybe they didn't even feel. Maybe they didn't even know. وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ 
Then we see over here that Sulaiman a.s. I mean, he wouldn't intentionally, you know, crush the ants, nor his army would, because the ant understands وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ This means that crushing and killing ants is something that is okay? Is it okay? For fun? Can we do it? Kill one ant and then another one, another one comes out, smash it, another one smash it, another one smash it. Is it something that we can do? No. Remember that killing ants is something that is forbidden in our deen. We're not allowed to do that. Unless of course it happens by accident or it is done because they are a safety hazard or something like that. You know, for instance, there could be an ant colony right in front of your house. Okay? And from there, the ants are constantly coming inside your house. And if they're coming inside your house, you know, in no time, they'll be in everything. And even that, okay, you could say, how much are they going to eat? But if you start finding ants in your food, in your refrigerator, in your pantry, and then eventually in your clothes and everywhere else, and then they're biting you, that could be a problem. Hmm? So for that reason, can you kill ants? If they are a problem to you. And remember that, you know, and an ant colony, you can't completely destroy it. It's not possible. You can always move it. How? You know, by spraying and all of that. They will move to another location, but you can't always destroy them. Because many times these ant colonies are very, very deep in the ground. Very deep. And remember there's a hadith in which we learned that the Prophet ﷺ said, This is a hadith in Bukhari. An ant bit a prophet amongst the prophets of Allah. So there was a prophet of Allah and an ant bit him. So he ordered that the place of the ants be burnt. Why did he do that? Because one ant bit him. So he thought this whole colony should be burnt. Meaning all the ants should be burnt. Hmm? So Allah inspired to him, It is because of one ant that bit you that you burnt a nation amongst the nations that glorify Allah. Because of one ant, you punished the rest of them. You should not have done that, in other words. Now, this was a prophet of Allah. A prophet of Allah is also a human being. This happened. And we do things that are much, much worse. But what is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired to him? That why would you destroy an entire nation that glorifies Allah? So when we look at ants, don't just look at ants as a nuisance. No. Look at an ant and think, this creature does Allah's tasbih. So if there happens to be an ant colony somewhere in your backyard, somewhere in your front yard, and it's not really coming into your house, leave it for God's sake. Leave it. And be happy that there is something that lives on your property an entire nation lives on your property and that nation glorifies and praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَتَبَسَّمَ Sulaiman alayhi salam tabassama. He smiled. ضَاحِكًا Laughingly. Tabassama from tabassum. Basin mim ibtisam is to smile. ضَاحِكًا To laugh. So he smiled laughingly. Meaning a giggle also came out. مِنْ قَوْلِهَا Because of her her statement, meaning because of what he heard the ant saying. What does this mean? That Sulaiman also understood what the ant said to one another. Now how did he hear the ant? Allahu A'lam. He was a prophet of Allah. Allah made him hear the ant. وَقَالَ hmm? And he said, but look at what Sulaiman said. That is what we need to focus on. Because we get stuck on matters like, but how did the ant 
communicate and how could Sulaiman hear the ant and you know what this is not scientifically possible and especially thousands of years ago so you know what Quran is just a, a book of fairy tales no this is not the case how exactly it happened Allahu A'lam you know if you think about it if the revelation came to the prophets of Allah huh? and when the angel brought the revelation nobody but the prophet heard it then it's also possible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow His messenger to hear what an ant has said. Is it not possible? It's possible. وَقَالَ And he said, رَبِّ أَوْزِعْنِي O my Lord, أَوْزِعْنِي This word أَوْزِعْنِي is from the same root as يُوزَعُونَ وَزَعَ What does وَزَعَ mean? To restrain. Right? To curb. To restrain the nafs from following its desire. Okay, you remember lazim and muta'addi? You remember? Lazim is, the action is being done, meaning by oneself, not on somebody else. And muta'addi is, the action is being done on somebody else. Right? So waza'a to restrain, and awza'a is to restrain someone else. Okay? Waza'a could be like keeping yourself back, and awza'a is restrain someone else, to curb another. So, awzirni, you restrain me. You control me. You curb my wrong desires. You see, Sulaiman salam, so much power, so much knowledge, so many blessings. I mean, he's hearing an ant. Isn't this such a huge blessing? And at this point, isn't it easy to be so arrogant and proud of oneself and become ungrateful? You know like if you see an ant running away, sometimes people will go after the ant and smash it. Especially children. What is the ant doing to you? It's running away from you. You don't have to show that you're mighty to an ant. I mean the ant already knows that you're mighty in front of it. But look at the humility of Sulaiman salam. He says, Oh my Lord, you restrain me. You hold me back. You prevent me from doing wrong. Because he was at a very... You know, risky position. So, Rabbi awzirni. And uzi'a bishay, uzi'a is when someone is restrained to something. Meaning he is kept in a particular position, made to do something. Not allowed to move from it. Not allowed to move on to something else. Alright? And from this, izar is also when someone is made to do something habitually. Okay? Habitually, as a habit. Regularly. So, awzirni, it has multiple meanings in the context then. That first of all, you restrain me. Secondly, you inspire me. Okay? Ilham, meaning you make me do this as a habit. Remember that tawzir means qisma, to distribute, to divide, to allot. Alright? So, awzirni, meaning you give me a portion of. You give me a portion of, my share of. My share of what? Of shukr. So that I am also grateful to you. So, وَقَالَ رَبِّ أَوْزِعْنِي أَنْ أَشْكُرَ That I am grateful for what? نِعْمَتَكْ Your blessing. Which blessing? أَلَّتِي أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيَّ Which you favored on me. وَعَلَى وَالِدَيَّ And the blessing which you also gave to my parents. Because a person cannot be grateful just by himself. So many people surrounded by blessings. But do they have feelings of gratitude? No. And how easy it is to be grateful one moment and ungrateful the next moment. So easy. 
So, أَوْزِعْنِي You keep me firm on shukr. You control me. You restrain me. I cannot control myself. So he's worried about himself that what if I become arrogant? أَوْزِعْنِي أَنْ أَشْكُرَ نِعْمَتَكَ الَّتِي أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيَّ وَعَلَى وَالِدَيَّ What is the blessing that Sulaiman salam is given? The special knowledge, right? Of the language of the different creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which was a blessing that was given to his parents. Dawood salam, Prophethood and knowledge. And remember that we always benefit from the blessings that our parents have been given. You know, for instance, if your parents have been gifted with good akhlaq, it's really good for them. But is it good for you? Amazing. It's really good for you too. Because you're being treated with respect. Isn't it? If your parents have been blessed with knowledge, are you going to benefit from that? Yes. If your parents have been blessed with money, are you going to benefit from that? Yes. If your parents have been blessed with the citizenship of a particular country, are you going to benefit from that? Yes. Right? So we see this. What does this mean then? We have to be grateful for the blessings that we have been given directly and the blessings that we have been given through our parents. Through our parents. Because every blessing that our parents enjoy indirectly, we also benefit from it. وَأَنْ أَعْمَلَ صَالِحًا O Allah, You give me the ability, You keep me firm on what? That أَعْمَلَ I do صَالِحًا righteousness, Meaning deeds that are righteous. But which kind of righteous deeds? تَرْضَاهُ You will be pleased with it. Because so many times, apparently we are doing something righteous. But what if the intention is corrupt? Or the manner is corrupt? Which is why Allah is not pleased with it. So that entire effort is useless then. تَرْضَاهُ Oh my Lord, I want to do those actions that you will be pleased with. وَأَدْخِلْنِي And you admit me بِرَحْمَتِكَ With your mercy فِي عِبَادِكَ الصَّالِحِينَ Amongst your righteous servants. This should be our concern and wish also. That firstly, Allah is pleased with us. Secondly, we are admitted in the company of the righteous. This was the dua of Yusuf alayhi salam, Ibrahim alayhi salam. And over here we learned that this was the dua of Sulaiman alayhi salam also. Righteous company. Now this whole dua, what does that tell us about Sulaiman alayhi salam? How humble he was. How grateful he was. So much power, so much wealth, might and glory. What does he want? Oh Allah, you keep me your humble and grateful servant. Earlier we learned about Fir'aun. How was Fir'aun? Zulman wa uluwa. Right? He rejected based on zulm and ulu. And over here we see Sulaiman salam, humble servant. No injustice and no arrogance. Because it's so easy to become arrogant when we have a few things. Isn't it? I mean, how quickly? We're just carrying a new phone and our way of walking even changes. The way we carry ourselves changes. Like seriously, we wear some new clothes, nice clothes. And what happens to us? Seriously, we put on a little bit of makeup. What happens to us? A nice hijab in a stylish way. We get deceived so quickly. So easily feelings of pride and arrogance creep in. So Sulaiman salam, he has so many blessings and what is his concern? Oh Allah, you keep me grateful. Don't let me slip. Then what happened? Sulaiman salam, as they were marching, تفقد. 
He took attendance. Tafaqud is from the root letters faqaf dal. Tafaqud is to search for something that is there. Okay? It's there, you're just looking for it. Remember in the story of Yusuf alayhi salam? Mada tafqidun? What is it that you have lost? Qalu nafqidu al malik. They said we have lost the cup of the king. Hmm? That is what we're looking for. Now over here, tafaqqada. Tafaqqud is to look for something that is there, but you're looking for it. Like for example, in a huge gathering, you know that your sister is there. But then what do you do? You look around wondering where is she? Where is she sitting? Where is she standing? Where is she eating? Right? This is tafaqqud. So he took attendance of the birds. Meaning all the birds were there. He was just making sure that all of them were there one by one. Fakala. So he said, Mali, what is wrong with me? La ara, I do not see al hudhud the hoopoo. Amkana, or he is, min al ghaibin, from those who are absent. Ghaibin, plural of ghaib, one who is absent, one who is missing, one who is not there. So he's saying that how come I don't see hudhud? Is it that I don't see him, or is it that really he's missing, he's not here? Out of the entire army, what does he notice? A bird that is missing. Now, according to some narrations, we learn that it was the responsibility of the hudhud to locate water beneath the ground. All right, meaning anywhere that they were going, the hudhud was responsible for looking for where the water was. All right, and then it would come and tell Sulaiman salam and then the army would go towards that place in order to get water. And this is the reason why Sulaiman salam noticed that hudhud was not there. But I mean, it's not mentioned in hadith and it's not mentioned in the Qur'an. Tafaqqad al-tayr, it just simply means he was taking account of all the birds. Are they all there or not? Because birds can easily fly away, right? So he was taking attendance. Is everybody there? And in that he noticed that the hudhud was not there. Amkana min al-ghaibin. Now, before we continue with the story, just one thing about hudhud. The Prophet wasallam, this is a hadith in Abu Dawood, we learned that the Prophet wasallam prohibited to kill four creatures. Ants, bees, hudhud, and sparrowhawks. Okay? We learned about ants earlier, but also bees. Unless they're a nuisance, a danger, and a threat to you, then yes, you can kill them. But otherwise, just for fun, don't just kill bees. Or just because of your extreme fear of this creation, don't kill them. Move away, go somewhere else. لَأُعَذِّبَنَّهُ Sulaiman said, Surely I will definitely punish him. Who? The hudhud. With what kind of punishment? Adaban shadidan, a severe punishment. Why? Why a severe punishment? For what reason? For what reason? For being absent. Why is he absent? If he's absent without a good reason, he's gonna be punished with a severe punishment. Aw or laathbahannahu. I will surely slaughter it. I'm gonna slaughter the bird. Oh, or layatiyani. Surely he will definitely bring me bisultanim mubin with a clear proof, meaning a clear reason, a good reason, a genuine reason for being absent, for not being here on time. What do we see over here? Sulaiman salam says either he should bring me a good reason for not being here, or if he doesn't have a good reason, depending on why he's late or why he's missing. Either I will punish him, or 
he will be slaughtered. Meaning, he will be dismissed basically. When a bird is slaughtered, it means it's not there anymore. Right? So likewise, if a person is not doing their job properly, they're just absent one day, then what threat are they given? Fired. They've been fired. Now fired doesn't mean that literally they're fired, like fire is thrown on them, but it means that they have been dismissed. Over here, slaughtering the bird means that the bird is not needed anymore now. We're just gonna slaughter it and eat it up and just, you know, khalas, finish. Alright? Now, why so strict? Why so strict? Because it seems like this is a little too harsh. So what if the bird is not there? He should ignore it. So many other birds are there. I mean, he's got jinn and people. Why so strict? Because it's an army. Very good point. When it comes to an army, if people start you know, being absent one day and late another day, then what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I mean, people are not going to get trained properly. And if they're not trained properly, they're not going to do their job properly. It's the matter of other people's safety. The safety of the entire nation. And those protecting the nation, if they are careless about their work, then what's going to happen to the nation? I mean, you look at any army of the world, they are very strict when it comes to discipline. Very, very strict. So much so that your hairstyle has to be of a certain way. Isn't it? You can't have hair as you want. You can't dress up the way you want. Correct? I mean, everything. There's so much discipline when it comes to an army. Now, also remember that Sulaiman alayhi army was no ordinary army. It was an army that had jinn in it. Okay? That had people in it, that had birds in it. And if he was lenient with them, then what would happen? One goes one day, another is absent another day, and the third is absent the third day, and then by the end, hardly anybody is left. Right? So in order to make sure that everybody is there doing their job properly, Sulaiman salam, he was very, very strict. He was firm. But we don't see that he was harsh. This is not harshness. It may seem harsh, but it's not actually harsh. Because on the one hand, Sulaiman salam, is so humble before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's so careful about ants. And on the other hand, he's so firm with his subjects. He's firm. He's not harsh. He's not a dictator. This is something that we need to understand. Because anytime somebody is firm with us, we think they're being harsh. Firmness does not mean harshness. It just means that people care about you, and they care about the greater cause, which is why they're being firm. It's not that they have a personal you know, animosity or something against you. They just want to take revenge from you. But from this, we should really learn a lesson. That if we are absent, then firstly, Either we should have a good reason, a genuine reason. And secondly, if we don't have a good reason for being absent, then we should be prepared for some kind of penalty or the fact that we will be dismissed from the work that we are doing. You understand? Either there is a penalty or we are dismissed. I mean, think about it. If you have a job somewhere, you're working somewhere, and one day you just decide not to show up. Or the morning off you say, I'm taking off today. Why? Oh, my family is over, I have to take them shopping. The day off, you tell them, what's going to happen? The next time you go to work, they're going to say, please take your things. Everything's in a box for you. Right? You're going to be dismissed. Or you're going to be told that your paycheck is being cut in half or whatever. Your paycheck is being cut. Why? 
because this is the penalty for not doing what you were supposed to do now you know when it comes to worldly work we're so careful when we're doing something for the deen when we're doing something for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is our employer who's going to pay us who will who will allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right inna allah ashtara min almu'minin we have made a deal with who Allah Azza wa Jal. And if we are not taking our work seriously, whatever work we're doing for the sake of Allah, then what should we expect then? 100% reward? 100% wages? Hmm? Should we expect more and more opportunities? Ease in the work that we're doing? Or some penalty? There will be penalty. So Sulaiman salam, he was very firm in this way. And we see that Umar radiallahu anhu, he was also very firm. Hmm? He was not harsh, he was firm. فَمَكَثَ So he remained. غَيْرَ بَعِيدًا Not long. غَيْرَ not بَعِيدًا far. بَعِيد means meaning in the distance, far in distance, but it's also used for time. Long time. So غَيْرَ بَعِيدًا Not very long. Who? The bird, the hoopoe. In other words, the hoopoe came soon after this. فَقَالَ and it said, أَحَطُّ When it returned, he spoke to Sulaiman salam and said that, أَحَطُّ I have encompassed. Encompassed meaning in knowledge. From إِحَاطَ بِمَا with that which لَمْ تُحِطُ بِهِ You have not encompassed. In other words, I have learned something that you do not know about. I know something that you don't know of. وَجِئْتُكَ And I am coming to you. مِنْ سَبَئٍ From سَبَأٍ from the area of Sabah, binaba in with news that is yaqeen, that is certain. First of all, we see that Sulaiman salam, he's so firm and strict, and he's got very strict measure of discipline, but still he is approachable. So approachable that a bird is saying, I have found out about something that you don't know of. Can you imagine? Can you say this to your parents even? I know something you don't know. Can you say that? No way. Can you say that to your employer or someone who's you know greater than you in some respect? Can we ever say that? No, because if we dare open our mouth in front of them, they're going to get offended, angry. How dare you speak to me with so much disrespect? Right? But look at how Sulaiman salam is. Firm yet approachable. That a bird can say to him, أَحَطُّ بِمَا لَمْ تُحِطْ بِهِ I have learned of something that you do not know about. وَجِئْتُكَ مِنْ سَبَأٍ بِنَبَأٍ يَقِينٍ And I have come to you from Saba. What is Saba? Saba, name of a place, and also name of a nation. A nation that lived in this area. Now, the people of Saba, they lived in Yemen. Where is Yemen? You should know, especially these days. Huh? Where is Yemen? South of Saudi Arabia. You know when you look at Saudi Arabia, it's like a shoe? You know what I'm talking about? The map, right? So the bottom of it, the heel part of it, okay? The bottom, the sole part of it, that area is Yemen. You understand? Sulaiman salam, where did he live? Palestine. Alright? Where is Palestine? Where is Asham? You should know where it is. The north of Saudi Arabia. Okay? So a very long distance between these two places. Can we please have a map? Jazakallah khairan. 
Seriously, you girls should know about the world. Geography is something that you should know. Especially of this region. Hmm? Because these are places that are important. And I'm not talking about politically, but they're important in our deen also. Alright? So the heel part, exactly. Yemen. You see where Yemen is? At the bottom, to the south of Saudi Arabia. And if you look to the north, this is where Asham is. This is where Palestine is. This is the region where Sulaiman was. Alright? And the people of Saba, they used to live in Yemen. And what do we see? That Sulaiman didn't know about them. He didn't know about this dynasty. He didn't know about these people because the bird is saying that you don't know about them. I have just gone and seen them and I am returning from there with some information about them. Inni, indeed I, wajattu, I have found imra'atan, a woman, tamlikuhum, ruling over them. Tamliku, from the word mulk. What does mulk mean? Kingdom, right? Kingship. Meaning this nation is ruled by who? A queen. Not a king. And this was something very strange and unique at that time. And even these days, in fact, if you have a president who's a woman in any country, it is something that is viewed at with, with surprise. Right? So, inni tamlikuhum wa utiyat, and she has been given min kulli shay of everything. Meaning everything that a kingdom needs, they have it. They're wealthy. Walaha, and she has arshun azim, a throne that is great. Meaning, the chair that she sits on, her throne, it is very impressive. It is great. It's not ordinary. According to a narration, it is said that the length of this throne was 80 cubits, its width was 40 cubits, meaning it was huge, basically. Alright? And it was made of gold and silver, encrusted with pearls and rubies and emeralds and so on and so forth. It was beautiful, very impressive, because out of all the things that the bird saw in that kingdom, what does it mention? The arsh. Wajatuha, the bird says that I found her, meaning this queen, waqawmaha and her people, yes, judun al-shams, they were prostrating to the sun. Mindunillah besides Allah. Wazayyana lahum shaytan. And shaytan has beautified for them a'malahum, their deeds. فَصَدَّهُمْ So he has prevented them عَنِ السَّبِيلِ From the way فَهُمْ لَا يَهْتَدُونَ So they are not rightly guided. Meaning they are so comfortable with what they are doing, they don't even question it, they don't even think about the wrongs that they are doing, and so they don't even think about some other option. They are satisfied with the shirk that they are doing, the sun that they are worshipping, so they are prevented from guidance. Allah, that not. Yes, judu, they prostrate. Lillahi, for Allah. Alladhi, the one who yukhrijul khaba'a. He brings out the khaba'a. Fissamawat, in the skies, wal ard and the earth. What is khaba'a? Khaba hamza. Khaba'a is a hidden treasure. Something that is hidden. So what is the khaba'a in the sky? Something that was hidden and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings it out. What is a hidden treasure in the sky? That Allah brings out. Okay, so for example, as the day comes, you have the sun, in the night you have the moon. But there's something, a resource, a treasure that falls on us. Rain. Hmm? I mean, all that water was where? In the clouds. Up in the sky. But Allah, when He orders, only at that moment will the rain fall, will that treasure come down. What is the hidden treasure of the earth? Plants. You know, seeds are buried under the ground, and then what happens? You have plants coming out. Especially, you know, the seed is such that it stays 
alive underground even through winter and you don't have to do much but as spring comes you will see these plants just growing out like for example tulips right so يُخْرِجُ الْخَبَأَ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Allah is the one who brings out these treasures from everywhere وَيَعْلَمُ and he knows مَا تُخْفُونَ وَمَا تُعْلِنُونَ what you conceal and what you reveal now who is saying all of this? the bird is saying all of this Even a bird understands Tawheed. Even a bird understands who Allah is. What His power is. How He is Al-Aziz. Allahu, Allah, La ilaha illahu. There is no God but Him. Rabbul Arsh Al-Azim. He is the Lord of the Great Throne. Because the bird was impressed by the throne of the queen. Now the bird says, but the throne of Allah, that is truly great. Because he is the owner of the greatest throne. Now these ayat, you know, there is a special sign that you see. Okay? And what is that sign of? Sujood. Sajda tilawa. Alright? So don't forget to do that. Recitation. Hatta idha atau ala wadin namli qalat لدخلوا مساكنكم لا يحطمنكم سليمان لا يحطمنكم سليمان وجنوده وهم لا يشعرون فتبسم ضاحكا من قولها وقال رب أوزعني وَقَالَ رَبِّ أَوْزِعْنِي أَنْ أَشْكُرَ نِعْمَتَكَ الَّتِي أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيَّ وَعَلَى وَالِدَيَّ وَأَنْ أَعْمَلَ صَالِحًا تَرْضَاهُ وَأَدْخِلْنِي وَأَدْخِلْنِي بِرَحْمَتِكَ فِي عِبَادِكَ الصَّالِحِينَ وَتَفَقَّدَ الطَّيْرَ فَقَالَ مَا لِيَ لَا أَرَى الْهُدْهُدَ أَمْ كَانَ مِنَ الْغَائِبِينَ لَأُعَذِّبَنَّهُ عَذَابًا شَدِيدًا أَوْ لَأَذْبَحَنَّهُ أَوْ لَيَأْتِيَنِّي بِسُلْطَانٍ فَمَكَثَ غَيْرَ بَعِيدٍ فَقَالَ أَحَطْتُ بِمَا لَمْ تُحِطْ بِهِ وَجِئْتُكَ مِنْ سَبَئٍ بِنَبَئٍ يَقِينٍ إِنِّي وَجَدْتُ امْرَأَةً تَمْلِكُهُمْ وَأُوْتِيَتْ مِنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ وَلَهَا عَرْشٌ عَظِيمٌ وَجَدْتُهَا وَقَوْمَهَا يَسْجُدُونَ لِلشَّمْسِ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ وَزَيَّنَ لَهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ أَعْمَالَهُمْ وَزَيَّنَ لَهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ أَعْمَالَهُمْ فَصَدَّهُمْ عَنِ السَّبِيلِ فَهُمْ لَا يَهْتَدُونَ 